Cinema Spectator, a movie podcast, is produced because of listeners like you. If you want to support our show, you can share it, give us a rating on iTunes, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ecfsproductions, where you can throw a couple dollars our way and get access to our exclusive content. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where we usually review movies, but today it's going to be a casual interviewing two of our resident experts about a bunch of directors. My name is Isaac Ransom, your resident casual and host for today's episode. I'm joined here today with Cameron Tuttle and Juzo Greenwood. Cameron, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I, uh... I was really excited to talk about the movie this week. Um, you know, you know, certain things, certain things happen. It's, All right, you know, do you want to share? You want to share? Uh, you want to share what happened? The well, tragedy. I, I told Isaac, um, and here's the thing: I didn't have like a plan necessarily. I kind of just wanted to watch this movie because I think it's really interesting, and um, it w- it's kind of on the edge of if I think Isaac would like it or not. I think he would, but um, but it's like. It doesn't necessarily appeal to his uh, his types of things, but I it's a kind of a good movie for that um, because it's also very thrilling. Um, it's all the president's men, um, so that's what we were going to watch this week. Um, but uh, that has been since p- postponed because Isaac um, instead decided to watch All the King's Men, <laughs> which is a 2006 movie that has like a 14 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and um, it, Couldn't I've even never get through seen it. it. Yeah, yeah Isaac was, decided it was, that it was it was garbage, and he wait, was going to come in and yell at me this week. Wait, so you bailed before you realized that it was a mistake. Isaac? No, 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 I didn't. Although I was considering it, I oh, was like, okay, something okay. is not quite right. Like I was like, there's well, just no way. Me. It was like you text, you paused it. You're like, is this right? And then you're like, oh, okay. Forget I was it yeah, I was I I, I was going to text Cameron saying this movie is like unbearable, and then I look and it says all the presidents men. In our text thread, and I was like, "Oh <laughs> crap!" You know, like <laughs> I was like, "Come on!" You know, like of course I watch an hour and a half of the wrong movie the night before we we're supposed to record. Um, so yeah, this this episode we try we're trying a different format that uh, I've been wanting to go through, which is where we kind of trade chairs. Usually Cameron is is prodding someone who doesn't know anything. So this week I thought I would I would have some experts on the panel and ask them questions that. Uh, they probably know better answers to than I do. Um, so we're going to be talking about directors, uh, the the modern all-stars that we've been reviewing on the show for the past two years about. Uh, and then we're going to kind of shift the conversation into um, kind of Hollywood's future and dig into that as well. But before we do a full shilling of what's going on with our Patreon and everything like that, I still need to ask Juzo how you're doing. And then we're going to talk about what we watch. So, Juzo, how's your week been? What's been going on? It's been pretty good. Nothing much to report. I went to the Stanford Theater again yesterday to see Vertigo, and sadly, I missed Isaac's mom, who was at the screening right after me. But I had a nice time with some of my pals down in Palo Alto. And uh, other than that, I don't know. I've just been enjoying revisiting uh, revisiting the Batman trilogy has just been great. I watched Dark Knight Rises again with my parents a few days ago. Um, I enjoyed it way more. I would have been a very different podcast if I saw it 
again because I was like, I don't really know what's wrong with this movie. I I I love this movie. I was like, I I got tear tears in my eyes multiple times. I was just uh, completely fired up. My parents both thought it was stupid, and my mom, who had been enjoying, like she she likes every Christopher Nolan movie. Every Christopher Nolan movie she's thought was great. And but that one ended. She's like, I didn't like that one. That was stupid. So <laughs> sorry, Chris, I agree. I agree. My mom is well, you it's, know. It's Go funny. Ahead. This was kind of a relevant thing that I saw. Apparently, <laughs> apparently James Gunn said that Batman Begins isn't that good, <laughs> which what? I just disagree with. I'm um, looking this up. I now. saw it on Twitter. You? Maybe it's not true, but <laughs> but that that's that's what I uh, that's what I saw. If I'm spreading misinformation, God, that's I rich thought, coming from him. I, I know that's what I said. I was like, uh, Batman Begins like might, might be better than any movie that James Gunn has ever made. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, and I mean, I actually <laughs> like James Gunn. Like, he's a pretty solid director. But I guess that was like an old Facebook post from like twenty years ago. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I see. Mm. Oh my god. So well, in any case, I mean, shut up, James. Um, he's god. wrong. He's wrong. <laughs> well, that that would that would make it even more true if he said it twenty years ago. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. I feel like now he has more street credit than ever, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. But well, it, it might have just popped up because I know he's taking over DC and whatnot. Uh, but the disrespect—I mean, I just—I feel like um, I don't know. It's—it's it's not a good sign. Although I will say, um, I think. Well, anyways, we don't have to get on that side. I mean, to be fair, Cameron, when you become a a hugely successful director, someone is going to pull up your comments about Godard, and you're (laughs) going to be in big trouble then when you, like, the day after he died are still saying he's not that good. Oh, Oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, you know, maybe that's true, but, you know, um, I don't know. I just, I feel like... I guess that, that yeah, that's a that's a good point. I'll uh, I'll eat my eat my words. You know. <laughs> I don't know if Cameron softens his truth uh, in presence of misery. I'm pretty sure he just doubles down at that point. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> uh, you know, Juzo, with you talking about going to Stanford Theater, my my mom, as you mentioned, uh, went to see the double feature for Rear Window and Vertigo, which was so weird. On Sunday, she came up to me and she was like, "Guess what I'm doing." I'm going to the movies with my friend to see a double feature. I was like, I'm pretty sure Juzo's going to that. What the heck? What are you doing? That? What are you going there for? You know? So uh, she Great was like, oh, yeah, she, she was like, I'd love to meet him. I'm, I'm bummed you guys didn't bump into each other. But it's such a small world, you know? I uh, had this terrifying incident happen to me this morning where I was at the gas station and um, this grizzled man uh, insulted me with curse words at the pump, and it was Tim Smith out of nowhere. I was just trying to go <laughs> really? to work. I was like, how did, how did this happen to me, you know? <laughs> like, That's so funny. Get out of my face, Tim. I haven't even had enough coffee to deal with you, you know? And oh he was goodness. just uh, very chipper early in the morning. You I was just like, walked by, I'm... and you were like, sorry, I don't have any cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh yeah but yeah it's 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 kind of crazy how uh you run into people in the real world so i'm bummed i'm I'm bummed you didn't get to run into my mom um she would have loved to meet you um maybe some other time i'm i'm sure i'll be back there i still can't believe you didn't meet my parents at my wedding that's just so weird to me i I, I I don't know i'm very shy i also i also hid because cameron tried to make me dance so i literally i literally (laughs) went under the building i like hid under the building for (laughs) like 30 minutes so anyway (laughs) don't worry there was a a second story guys it was he wasn't in the basement no no yeah i was just outside (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) cameron have you been watching anything this week uh no no i haven't 
Haven't watched anything. Sorry. Sorry to report. I've been bad. I've, it's so weird to be in the hosting seat. I, Cameron, I don't know if you noticed when I introduced you. I'm just going to call out my own imperfections. I was, I was like freezing on your last name because <laughs> when I was looking at you, I was going to say Cameron Greenwood. Because I was looking at you and you, so I was like, I can't. Like I, I was having an oh, aneurysm, wow. you know. I was like, I can't. I just, man, I have not. I have not hosted in a while, um, so I have not been watching any movies that I can really think of. Yeah, there's nothing. I'm sure I, I'll remember at the end of the show. Um, outside of what what I watched, I've been playing a lot of video games. Uh, Me too. And it's a problem. I need. I think I need <laughs> to stop. Actually, it's. I it's, just. I just hooked up my PS3 for the first time in literally what eight years or something, and it still works. And I was I'm getting ready to play some Arkham City again. There wow. we go. Uh, That's yeah. such a good game. Cool game. Yeah. yeah. I was playing some of that be- during the Batman weeks. Actually, I have the remastered on my Xbox. So, um, yeah, those are those are really good games. And uh, I know that the voice of Batman, that guy, passed away like earlier this year, right? Yeah, yeah Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, he, he it's, was all the animated Batmans, including uh, Batman Beyond as well. He was yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's in a lot. Saying? Yeah, he is in a lot. I was just gonna say he might have been my favorite, and I don't even follow the cartoons or the video games that much, other than playing that game. But he might have been my favorite Batman. Vo- I mean, I love Christian Bale, but it is a little bit. It's a little much, Chris. You know, uh, <laughs> but I, I thought Kevin Conroy. He, I felt like he just got it. He got it kind of perfectly, uh, and he, he was really wonderful. He, it's like his timbre is very like um, serious and not. Um, I don't know. I think he just has like he, he, he's got like all business in his voice. You know what I mean? Like it's just very. It, it's not like gruff or anything, but um, you know, you it's it's very true of Batman. Where like uh, it's it's funny the a lot of the. Uh, the who I don't know who does the animated Superman voice, but he has a very like light and kind of friendly voice, and Batman's voice is very like like stripped down and and like he's gonna punch you, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's kind very, of the same when he's Bruce Wayne. Like he's kind of has the yeah. same voice. It kind of can be for either version of him, but yeah, I really like it. Yeah, no, re- revisiting the Arkham games and. Again, I know we talk about it a lot, but the just original Justice League, it's, it's super good. It's very, very good. And the episodes the se- are short. You're talking about the series. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the uh, the animated series. Not so the original like Joss se- Whedon Justice League, no, which no, is no. not good. <laughs> Watch it's the like Snyder Cut. It's like two seasons, uh, but has some really interesting stories. I, re- I, I think I made you watch one of those episodes in... Uh, in our in, dorm. In our dorm. Uh, it's the episode where... Um, Superman dies, uh, but he oh. gets teleported to uh, to like a future universe. Um, yes, and he has it was to in find fact, his way back. I think literally we had, we came back from seeing Batman v Superman, <laughs> and you're like, all right, we need to, a palate cleanser here. <laughs> I don't really remember much about it, but I do remember it was much better, really better than any Batman thing since or Superman thing since the uh, the Dark Knight movies. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty it's, cool. It's pretty shocking that uh, you know Cartoon Network animated show can do the justice league more justice than a multi-million dollar movie which is crazy to me you know pretty embarrassing so, yeah <laughs> um 
and they like yeah they nailed the depth of the characters in 20 minutes usually i'm so sure just... uh i'm sure uh james gunn is gonna turn things around <laughs> uh hey uh, i i you know i would probably make jokes with you but i really liked guardians 3 i think it's still probably my favorite wow. movie i've seen this year which oh, is oh wow i mean like, i did too i liked it too like on an entertainment level i was like it was awesome so yeah um yeah i uh yeah i don't know i i didn't i didn't see any of his uh dc stuff what did you what has james gunn done in the dc the Nothing, he just yeah. did the suicide squad oh movie, yeah he did. which was horrible it was like atrocious um so i don't i don't know james gunn is even in guardians 3 which i like quite a bit he has a quality of being very close to awful. Like his his style, his technique <laughs> is really like so many of the things he does. I could just imagine it going south, and you do see that happen with Suicide Squad. Um, so I could it's, imagine, you know. It's interesting you say that because I do know some people that say that movie is like falsely, like misreviewed. Like some people are like adamantly like that it's a good movie. So I ha- I don't know like it's it's weird. It was well reviewed. I mean, even I think Mick liked it, um, and it was it was really acclaimed. And I was just like, well, I like the Guardians movies. I guess I'll go see it. And um, yeah, it was atrocious. But anyway, uh, hopefully gotta, it'll do better. I I, I I gotta dive back into DC just to torture myself. You know, I mean, Cameron <laughs> wants me to watch these artistic masterpieces that I dislike, but I have the same experience watching the stinky DC universe. Maybe and for so, uh, for a bonus um, on the Patreon, we should do a flash commentary. <laughs> yes, yes. I, we I, get Tim on there for sure. Yeah, I want. I want to get be a lot the four of, of us <laughs> doing the flash it for would sure. Be hilarious. I might have to stay over at someone's house, but um, you know, it, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a great night. I think. Yeah. Well, before we get into the topic of today's episode. Head on. I just want to let you know, we appreciate you guys listening. If you enjoy the show, you can share it with a friend. Give us a rating on iTunes. All that stuff helps our production. We appreciate you spending time to hang out with us. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Productions. Throw a couple dollars our way. Get some of the bonus content that's on there. Um, no matter what, we just want to say we thank you for your time. Appreciate you being here. And let us know, uh, either on Patreon DM or on Instagram DM or whatever, However you want to get a hold of us at ECFS Productions, um, what you think of this format? I, I, it's something that we haven't done on this show before. Maybe it's going to be a, a scarring sin against our show for not having a, you know, <laughs> a, uh, a, a movie review. Although I think we have done a couple unique formats here and there, but this, oh, this style done we haven't tried. Um, so probably since, probably since our old podcast that we're doing so mm-hmm. let us let us know feedback if you have any at all so today's topic is for you two experts what i want to know based on all the conversation in this podcast in the past uh, is if you were given an opportunity to pitch the next movie for a famous director what would you pitch and we're going to go through uh, some famous directors that we've talked about and um what i want to hear is either a style or some kind of skeleton plot line or, or something or thematic elements. And I want you to kind of justify why that p- would pair well with the director that uh, we are talking about. So um, do you, do, uh, first of all, do you, do you guys need more time to look at the list that we have and, and kind of, are you, are you just going to fire from the hip 
I, yeah, I'm just I, wondering, I'm, have you prepped this, Cameron? Have you thought of like, no, brainstorming no, this? Really. Because I, I'm completely, <laughs> you guys didn't really, I didn't get any like prep on this. And I don't know. But I, I can probably think of something. I mean, I mean, we're I can just give doing it, I, directors that we've focused on. Right? I can when give you guys yeah, a couple. I can yeah. give you guys a couple minutes. I'll go through the list of the directors. Why don't you guys look at the list here uh, and sort of think through the stuff? So some of the directors that we've talked about uh, on the show that we're going to go over uh, is number one, David Fincher, um, who we spent some time going through some of his films. Uh, some of his movies include. Uh, social the social network he did the social yeah. network right that was yep. the standout for me uh, with Fincher he also did Zodiac um, and Seven Seven which that was we the, the a lot. standout for you I think yeah. I, seven. I I really do like Seven I've seen I've seen it the most I've revisited it the most but I think the social network is the standout for me with mm. Fincher mm. Wow. Uh, Martin Scorsese uh, obviously Goodfellas Irishman which we reference a lot. Um, he did Shutter Island, right? Yeah. And Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah. I, I, your episode on that, that was great. I really enjoy, I enjoyed watching the movie. I enjoyed uh, listening to you guys talk about one it. One of my mm. favorites. One of my favorites that we've recorded. Do I recommend the movie? No, but I do recommend our episode. <laughs> I do. I uh, thought it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Silence, which we had a really great review on as well. Yeah. Uh, which follows yeah, up that. That's my, that, I'd, that's my favorite, but you know. Remember, is that just your th- favorite Scorsese or episode? No, my uh, well, it's up. It's between the Last Temptation and the Silence discussion, but both of those I thought were really good. Okay, yeah. So I mean, I'm giving some context for you guys as you're thinking about your pitches. You know, I mean, religious ideas. You never know. Christopher Nolan, who we spent a bunch of time on, obviously action star. We uh, basically the last five or six episodes are his movies uh, with the Batman trilogy. Um, we revisited his old film Memento, of course, famous Inception. He's well known for Interstellar and um, what's the other one? Uh, the Dunkirk movie. So, uh, Paul King, who I know nothing about, so I'm not going to go through. I'm any not movies. really sure why he's on here, but he's the Paddington, <laughs> Paddington guy. and Paddington too. Oh, pa- the Paddington <laughs> guy. All right. Yes, we the did review those movies. <laughs> Uh, Villeneuve, uh, who we haven't reviewed Sicario on the show, but that is the movie I think about Prisoners, of course, Dune, um, and he has Dune Part Two coming out. And uh, have we watched another Villeneuve on the show? Sicario uh, or uh, Arrival. Prisoners? Arrival. 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 Yeah. That was the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. So, um, also another modern director, Bong Joon Ho, um, had a great experience exploring Korean cinema with him. He uh, is well-known in, in the States for his um, kind of breakthrough with Snowpiercer, which we didn't review on the show, uh, but he also had that uh, winning, winning, award-winning film, Parasite, which a lot of people got to explore, and he did other movies like Memories of Murder, which is um, needs more attention, I would say. Mother. I agree. And, Great movies. Um, did he do Host? I didn't he watch did. Host yeah. Yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah. The host, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bong Joon Ho, great uh, Korean director. So I'm excited to hear your guys' pitch for that. And then of course Steven Spielberg, who we spent a lot of time talking about recently with the Fablemans, uh, and he's you know well known for Private Ryan, um, Rage of the Lost Ark. I like what what am I even you know <laughs> yeah, what am what, I supposed to start with he here? Made? You know? What hasn't he made? Uh, I'm trying to think in context of the show. I I think. Spielberg really started to stick out to me on this show when we reviewed 
that musical film West Side Story, mm, uh, right. which really took me back for being um, something I did not expect. Didn't I, like I honestly, it at first, but yeah, I honestly think the Steven Spielberg pitch, the Steven Spielberg pitch is probably the hardest. I feel like the other guys are kind of you're kind of like I can I can kind of feel what I want to see from them. All right. I can solve a little to bit. Go. I, okay. I know. Uh, I, I know I think what we I can want do this. From yeah. All right. Okay. I'm glad I gave you guys some time <laughs> running down the different directors and whatnot. Let's start with David Fincher, um, and I'll give a little bit of context. I, I know we're not doing ranking tiers, but Fincher is kind of that, like, for me, like that skinny kid that's really weirdly strong. Like you don't really think he's that <laughs> strong, you know. But then, like, he will beat you in an arm wrestle. He's just one of those directors that it's, like, you, he's overlooked constantly, but he's, like, incredibly uh, skilled. And I want social- to say, uh, say my pitch first, okay, before we talk about him. Because I All think right. this will be a really good tie-in. You're in. Um, you're in the room, Cameron. Go ahead. Here's here's what I want from Spielberg. I think he's he's Spielberg? The, maybe the oh. only di- Fincher. Sorry, Fincher. from Fincher. He's the only director who could do it, and he would make just an amazing movie about it. The Sam Bankman Freed um, collapse of like the crypto thing. Uh, do you know about all this? Oh, the uh, you know the guy who. Um, he was like embezzling a bunch of money and like he had all the, the crypto stuff and he had like a bunch of shady deals. And then his girlfriend was in like, um, you know, this house and, you know, and they were like trading funds and stuff and like his world just kept like unraveling down. Um, it's such a, it's such a kind of a unique story in a way because it's very like technical. Um, it's about him, you know, like, um, using, the system and using kind of his advantages to um, to bring in this uncertainty in in the market and make like billions of dollars um, and then ultimately get taken down for it. And I think I honestly think Fincher can make just a killer, um, like thrilling uh, crime, but also like the personal aspect of it, where like Sam is kind of this this fallen hero in some ways. Um, I think he could make just an amazing movie about that. So. That's what my pitch would be. Yeah, it feels like kind of almost a second half of what was like like the origin in the social network that could be consolidated to a five minute montage, and then it's like the explosive kind of Wolf of Wall Street hunt where he's just going, mm-hmm. going, going, you know. Um, and then there's the the technical side. I think that's a surprisingly strong pitch. Um, <laughs> although I will say Cameron for your next pitch, you know, you got to give me a little bit more storytelling. Cause you start talking about crypto. I began to glaze over, you know, the boardroom. <laughs> I feel a little bit like, look, man, I didn't invest in that. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. So give me, you got to give me a little, but I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think that's a good fit. What do you think? Juzo? Would you approve I th- this? I think this is great. And I mean, uh, certainly seeing him in the kind of social network mode would be interesting. I don't really have any... I'm not really thinking of pitches, by the way, with this much specificity. I, I hope that's okay. Yeah, I, that's fine. Probably, my I brain will, this for story my, is terrible. This was my most clear pitch, I think, on the list. But, you know, it's a strong one. Yeah, I got stuff more just in genre. I actually think Fincher is kind of one of the hardest for me because he's... Uh, and again, I don't... 
there's a big asterisk over all of this, all of these pitches, which is I want these people to follow their bliss and they know better than me. So this is all kind of, you know, <laughs> like I don't, I don't yeah. want to sound like, oh yeah, I know what he should be doing. I'm the one who should be saying. Um, these are dream pitches, okay? You can, you can just, you know, it's fine. You yeah, don't have he's to not gonna, He's not going to hear it anyway, but. Uh, I'm sending this to his DM right after we post it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure he has one. Um, but he's, he, with Fincher, the thing about him is he kind of, this sounds meaner than I mean it, but he kind of is at his best when he stays within kind of a certain type of movie with some yeah. exceptions. And the social network is the biggest one. And there you go. It's like, you wouldn't have thought, why would he, why would that be an interesting movie? And then it was, you know, one of the great, really one of the great American movies. Um, but for the most part, all the movies I like from him follow a similar kind of genre of mystery and mostly on like serial killers and that sort of subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the the movie he has coming out is kind of exactly what I want from him, which is yeah, a return to the basics. He's literally bringing back the writer of Seven, and it's a movie about this, I think he's a contract killer or something. Um, I mean, look, my number one pitch for Fincher would be finish Mindhunter, make Mindhunter <laughs> season three, because I'm just like so mad yeah, that true. that never worked out, because yeah. that was fantastic. Um, but in terms of branching out, I don't know. I don't know if I can do think of anyone much better than that. I would love to see him remake some movies. That's the other thing. It's like remaking, um, well, I don't know if you, you need to remake Spotlight. But movie, I see a lot of movies where I'm like, wow, if David Fincher directed this, this would be ascend to the next tier. Because That's in so the hands true, of some, yeah. some screenplays, it's just like you, with one, some director, you're like, okay, that was fine. But he kind of just has the juice as a as an artist to bring it to the next level, um, so I don't really I don't really have a a good single pitch for him. I I guess it would just be continue adapting you know trashy novels or beach reads or kind of uh, these kind of mysteries and uh, um, doing that what sort do you of think? thing. Here's my second pitch for him. Um, there was a a book a little while back. You know, Patton Oswald's wife. Yeah. Um she oh. wrote a book um about the uh tracking down the uh, Golden State Killer. Um so adapting that book could be really interesting too. That would be yeah, that would be interesting. I actually that, that springs to mind any kind of true crime thing I can think of that would be interesting. Yeah. Like there's a whole story about the, the first uh Berkeley police officer who was killed uh, Ronald Sukamoto, where the guy they the, it was actually a guy my dad knew investigated and like figured it out wow. many many years later like you know f- I don't know if it was like f- forty years later and I think he found the guy but for like a combination of like logistical and political reasons they couldn't convict or whatever I I don't know really the details of it but I you could imagine that being an interesting kind of um, interesting story um, but yeah any anything that's you know involves murder. And you know, the true crime tends to be sort of his his uh, wheelhouse. Well, I don't really have a pitch for Fincher because I'm hosting. But my only thought in the moment while we we're talking about it was um, I haven't seen this movie, but I've heard it's it's done in an interesting way, and I think it'd be cool to see Fincher tackle something like it. Have you guys heard of that uh, Steve Jobs movie with uh, Michael Fassbender? If he mm-hmm. was going to direct that, yeah, um, he was going to direct it. So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I think okay. So. 
I was thinking you take that format because the the format of the movie is that it's it's job Steve Jobs before presentation, um, but it's like three different points in his life or four different points in his life. That's the structure of the movie. So it's like he gives a presentation or he's about to give a presentation when he's a nobody. He's about to give a presentation before he's somebody. And then he's about to give a presentation when he is who people know him as. That's the structure of the movie. And kind I guess of, that, yeah. uh, something I haven't seen it. So maybe yeah. am I wrong about it or it's, it's pretty close to what you're saying. It's, it's okay. basically a three act structure. All three acts take place behind, behind a product launch. Yeah. It's a great so movie, he, by the way. It's terrific. Here's, here's what I would like to see with Fincher. Same structure. Just around O.J. Simpson. <laughs> oh, that would be <laughs> which, really which good. I, which I think he oh, could. Oh, gosh. Um, wow. And, and uh, I know that there's a lot of O.J. Simpson things, but <laughs> just from Ooh. that kind of behind the closed doors sort of um, journey, I think it could be, I think it could be something. You so. know who'd be great? Maybe even in like a few years when he's a bit older. As OJ would be the guy from Waves, Calvin Harrison. Mm, yeah. yeah. That yeah, would be sick. 100%. He could do it. It would be great. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're giving no, this away 100%. for free. We're giving That's this away really for good. free. That's yeah, I know we could do like copyright on this stuff. <laughs> when, you were, when you were going with Steve Jobs, I thought the direction you were going was Elon Musk. And I was thinking, actually, Fincher, he's one of the few people who would actually have the like satirical eye for a good movie about Elon. My only, my only like thing would be you have to kill Elon in real life first because it would be too obnoxious to like, yeah, <laughs> have him actually promoting his own movie. You know but, who yeah. is gonna do that though? Adam McKay. <laughs> yeah, oh, it'll be that'll be the yeah, worst. Thing. It'll be terrible. That'll be that almost will be worse than if Elon made the movie himself. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Adam McKay. Oh, oh man! All okay. right. Well, let's move on to our next director, Martin Scorsese. Uh, although, Cameron, do you want to add anything to my little analogy on how I see David Fincher about being the skinny, strong kid? No, I love it. I think that's really good because right, he's someone who who like has such a strong catalog, but he's not the first person you think of as like one of the best directors, maybe of all time. You know what I mean? He's like he's he, but do, he's up but there. He's up there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Martin Scorsese is uh, the next pitch. Um, he is 80 years old right now, so maybe you take that into account with your pitch. Mar- I see Martin Scorsese as that one guy that, like, if he's at the party, suddenly everyone will start talking in a new, interesting way. I don't know if you've ever hung out with somebody that charismatic, um, but it's like they're able to sort of begin to pull conversation when the room would have been dead quiet. And his movies, to me... Um, always drive conversation. That's why I think they're so fun to review. And he also has this thing with characters on screen where you could just sit and listen to them talk forever. Um, so I know that's probably not the same analogy or in the same sphere of an analogy, but that's just how I think of Scorsese. Uh, and I would leverage that in my pitch. Who, Cameron? I've got one. All right, go ahead. I've got a good one. Um, I got nothing, so this, man. I think this You're could fine, either. <laughs> I think this this could either go for Scorsese or Spielberg. I think both could do a really good job of this, but I think Scorsese more so, um, which is why I'm going to put it at his. Um, I want him to make like a four hour epic about the the story of David. Okay. <laughs> oh my wow. gosh! <laughs> wow. Okay. Because. 
for one, the story of David has so many ups and downs, so many epic uh, things about it. First of all, it's never been done uh, as a as like a like a true awesome story. Um, but it also has like so many moral implications. Um, David is a very complicated character. Uh, it could be gruesome. It could be um, sexual. It could be as as many things as Fincher wants it to be. Uh, but truly, Scorsese. I think Scorsese. Scorsese. Who did I say? Fincher. Keep going. Oh, I'm 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 one behind. I'm sorry. Um, so in any case, I think I think he really truly could um, make an amazing. Though I'm always iffy on his on his historical things. Um, sometimes I guess, uh, unless it, if if it's like modern America, like or sort of in this the 20th century America, it's, it's always great. But um, sometimes when he goes back in time, it's a little rougher around the edges. Um, but uh, to, you know, I really I think he could, I think he could knock this story out of the park. Um, Harvey Keitel because it's so Saul? complicated. It's so complicated. Yeah, his think? his his Saul. You know, it starts with Saul, um, the ousting of him as as sort of God's favored king. Um, it goes through like you know the Goliath story. Maybe it, it doesn't even touch on the Goliath story. It's like sort of in this legendary. Um, you know, he's he's he has this legendary status already, and all the way through his you know trials with Bathsheba and and his sons. It could even be a miniseries. I mean, it'd be awesome. Uh, I yeah, I I think I think the David story would would be really neat because nobody's ta- I don't think anybody's tackled um, the David story and given it true justice. So good good pull. I think I think he would do a great job with it. Um, I think he would be a. I think he would be a better fit than Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't really see Spielberg doing ancient biblical stuff. Well, I just mean like there's adventure uh, there. There's like, uh, you know, there's there's the conquest and the, you know, the um, feelings about you know Saul. Uh, you know, the, there's this tension between the, the characters. I don't know. I feel like. Both could add good elements, but I think Scorsese would be the right one to do it. Mm. He's not going to, but he would. He be could right do one. a great job putting that in a cinematic space, but I think it should be an HBO show at the end of the day. That's that's kind of my my gut telling he me he might he he might do it. He's pretty flexible working in TV. I think. How about you, Juzo? What do you want to see out of Scorsese that's not... I mean, you could even just give me a setting, all right? You don't even have to give me well, uh, it's, a full plot like Cameron's the reason doing it's, on each it's one. It's tough. <laughs> I just find him the hardest is... Well, first of all, he's been making movies for over 50 years. He's very prolific. But also, he's... Um, I feel like he kind of reinvents himself with each movie, and he doesn't each thing he does is kind of unexpected. So it's a little Mm. hard for me to be like, you know, and then the one thing that's maybe not a little familiar that he kind of comes back to, which is the gangster story. I feel like he's kind of, I feel like he's basically closed the book on that. I mean, I think he's he's (laughs) made about the most definitive statement you could make on there. Um, I was kind of thinking about like what a controversial, which may, I guess David maybe could fall in this category, but like, uh, controversial historical figure with a lot of kind of moral questions. Um, 
but I'm not. It's not one is not coming to mind because I don't know if I'm thinking like like uh, Charles Manson or something like downright evil, like something that might be a little more ambiguous. Um, he could do he could do a uh, Edison movie. That would be that might that be interesting. That'd be pretty sick. But it's it is historical. That's funny. His protege, uh, the guy who made Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, actually uh, did a movie about Edison a few years mm-hmm. ago. But it was it was just okay. Um, yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, all, the thing about him is also I kind of most enjoy when Scorsese goes into genre mode and he makes like Shutter Island or Cape Fear. Like it would be to me, it would be really cool to see him make a really grand scale horror movie or like a horror western or something like that mm. but at 80 years old as he's kind of talked about i think he's the days of him doing paycheck gigs or doing kind of stuff just as a goof are really over and he's he's feeling the weight of time on his shoulders in terms of what he's working on so that would be pretty unlikely but that you know that sort of thing would be cool i mean a horror movie i think this that might this is probably an idea i'll come back to with a number of these directors because it would be neat to see Mm. i think for scorsese i would want to see something really out there which i know he's not gonna do at 80 um but just in context of the irishman i feel like i want to see something in outer space which he's never oh, done. That's good. Yeah. And and that's I would true. like it to be in a similar tone and feel to Wally. And I would want it to be about an old man that chooses to do the journey to Mars knowing that he's not going to come back and that it is dangerous and mm. that he's like, "Well, they say there's a life out there for me and I'm almost done anyways, so I might as well just go see it." And that's that's what I would want to see him make something like that about a journey out there, kind of closing closing the chapter book. I mean, it would probably make me sob at the end, uh, <laughs> just thinking about yeah. you know no more Scorsese movies or something. But um, that's kind of that's where my creative mind went with it, just just based off what he was exploring in The Irishman uh, and some of the things like that. But um, he hasn't done sci-fi, has he? No, I don't think so. I was also thinking one other thing that would be interesting is sort of leaning into the... There's a part of Last Temptation I was really taken with where it feels like he's leaning into the kind of the surreal and the kind of... It almost feels like he's dipping into David Lynch kind of territory or something like that. You know, that part... I think particularly the part where he comes down off the cross and and he goes home with Mary Magdalene and it's all kind of quiet and it's unsettling and weird and to see a movie that sort of exists in that zone again this is like super vague i would be the worst pitch man in history but like (laughs) i I would love to see something like where he he really goes i guess shutter island kind of is like that but there's a conventionality to it at the same time i mean i love that movie um but yeah seeing him really go full full weird like that and maybe a a movie about going to outer space would be like that so yeah i will say that maybe he's like uh, my wife Jules, who hates anything that isn't semi grounded, like she doesn't like anything in outer space or anything fantasy, uh, <laughs> which I don't think Scorsese has really explored either of those genres in in any in a major capacity. So um, it's always either historical or modern day or things like that. So um, what if he made a movie about the film? I was just thinking about him doing a movie about the modern film industry because he's gotten all this like controversy because he shits on like marvel or what have you 
And I was like, that'd be an interesting <laughs> to see him doing either a documentary or, or sort of like documenting his personal. That would actually be a great thing. And Agnes Varda kind of did this with her last movie. Um, a, a kind of, uh, for her, it was a look back on her own work, but also on the state of film itself. Um, Scorsese has done a couple movies like that about history, like his favorite movies through the 20th century. But it would be interesting to see him like sort of looking at his final statement of where are things at. Anyway, sorry, too many examples here. I don't know if I've ever seen a director's final movie as like a documentary reflection. That would be interesting. Eyes never... wide shut. What are you talking about? <laughs> a documentary. <laughs> it is a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that was is that his last movie? Yeah. 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 Wow. No. Legendary. That I should have uh, everything on the paper says I should have hated that movie. But uh But it's actually I know. really good. <laughs> it yeah. actually is pretty good. Yeah. It's darn good. Yeah. Um All right, let's move on. Christopher Nolan. I mean, I feel like we've talked Oof. about this a little bit in the previous episodes. Um Yeah, Nolan to me is like the iPhone, you know, like it's just it's too good to uh to deny, you know. Even even in the bad years, you know. You're still going to buy it, you know? So, um, yeah, Christopher Nolan, Cameron, you get to pitch right now. What would you pitch? Well, this is hard because I, I, in some ways, um, on this list, maybe besides Paul King, I guess, but um, on this I list. I really don't know uh, why Paul King is on here, by the we way. Need we need to skip cross Paul him King, off. Right? We can whatever. cross him off. Okay, it's fine. Enough with um, his teddy bear movies. We know he's doing Paddington <laughs> 3 or whatever. Paddington so. 3, no, that's a, my pitch for Paul King, okay? <laughs> he's doing, yeah, I know that is. It really would be. I don't want. Why is he doing Wonka? Why is he doing Timothy <laughs> Chalamet as why? Willy Wonka? All right, it's he's going to put off. <laughs> We're already to, going way too long. That's our example. It really is Paddington 3. That's done. All right, we did it. Done. That one's all right. Back to Chris Nolan. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Nolan's interesting because, in some ways, I, I like I trust him um, not as much as a lot of these other directors to pick a, um, uh, which is so weird because I I know I like in my heart of hearts I know that he will do great with almost anything that he's thrown with. Um, but in some ways, like the bigger and bigger he gets, the more I'm afraid that the ship is going to sink. You know what I mean? So, so I kind of, I'm, in, in some ways I do want him to scale back a little bit. Um, but to me, I think, you know, what would be a perfect scaling back. And we talked about this, I think last episode, um, if he, I, I really think he could do a great Bond movie. I truly do. And he could Damn kick it, off. Stole my idea. He could kick off the new, uh, the the new non Craig Bonds. He could pick someone weird and random. I want him to do like a, um, you know how everybody was like weirded out about who's the guy in Dunkirk? Um, <laughs> Harry Styles. Harry, no, Styles. Harry Styles. Um, like he he could do someone like weird like that where it's like what like Heath Ledger you know everybody who you you always think is like or uh, the guy who was in Drake and Josh uh, whatever his Josh name Peck. is uh, Josh Peck um, you know like things like that where you're like wow this is really a surprising casting role um, and everybody's gonna hate it at first they're gonna be like why would they why would he cast uh, you know 
whoever it is for James Bond. That doesn't even make sense. And then it comes out and it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> um, so that's that's what I want. I want him to be the underdog again in some ways. Um, I want him to to kind of be on the back foot because I think that's when he shines. It, it, you know, I don't know. So. I. Sorry, I stole your uh, your idea. But. Well, no, I mean I'll just go one step further because not only do I would I love to see him do Bond, but I I would want to see him do Bond within the strictures of the Bond universe. I would my casting choice would be actually less adventurous. It would just be have Tom Hardy. He can even do the Locke voice if he wants, and then it would just be Bond with no none of the rules. He can break the rules of physics. He can not the rules of physics, but he can. It can be sci-fi. He can do time travel. I want him to to use the tools in his belt of like a movie like Tenet, but in a Bond world. I think that would be mm. fantastic. Who would be a, a, a Nolan Bond girl? I'm trying to think. Um, uh, Emily DeVicke. Elizabeth <laughs> <laughs> DeVicke? Yeah, Elizabeth DeVicke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd be like a foot taller than Tom Hardy. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is great. This, <laughs> this is great. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah, then they're, they're going. They start inverting stuff. There's uh, they have to do a temporal pincer movement. I think this would just be <laughs> fantastic. No, I mean, I think I think truly a straight bond would be um, would would be good. But but even then, like I think his action is just so um, on point and has been for the past um, ten years or so. Like I, <laughs> I think I think he could do it so well. And and are you are you joking? People are not going to go see the Chris Nolan Bond movie after a after Oppenheimer makes a billion dollars. <laughs> oh like, my god. It like, would be like on. the craziest thing. It might be his biggest movie ever, I think. I think I think if who who makes the Bond movies? Is it uh, Broccoli uh, Family? Or do you like, mean who, who directed what, them? Who's the studio? Who's the studio? Oh or the production MGM? Okay. Oh uh, you might be right. I think if they don't if they're not sending him like buckets of money to make a bond movie that they're stupid they're just absolute idiots <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if it's even a matter of money at this point because i think he could just it's just a matter if he, if he wants to and i, I think, think he said he said that um he wanted to do bond i don't know if that was a long time ago or i don't know but. I mean, I'm half joking about the sci-fi stuff, but the idea of doing a one-off, like doing like on Your Majesty's Secret Service, it's just his Bond, and then they change to another guy at the next movie. Mm. Um, that would be John David Washington doing a British accent. That would be great. Um, <laughs> he he won't be allowed because he's not British. Also, and he, if if it's Nolan Bond and he gets Michael Giacchino to do the music, and it's like The Incredibles, oh, Michael Giacchino. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, then it becomes yeah. probably the greatest film ever made. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like this. But in, uh, in a little more serious, I think also I would just love to see him go full horror because that if yeah. that Oppenheimer scene with the him doing the the uh, speech is just like some of the best horror you know thirty seconds of filmmaking I've seen in a long time. So that would be really cool as well. I think the I know the bond the bond thing is a good good pitch Christopher Nolan I hope we get to see that I kind of want him to do something with like a modern military setting um, because I know that he has that heist action or you know special secret spy thing going on Um, but just as we were talking about existing IP I started thinking about the Metal Gear franchise which I think something about 
like Kojima's sort of weird perspective on things, like a supernatural element um, with Christopher Nolan doing something mixed with that modern military would be really cool. Um, or even I was thinking about some of the horror elements that we got to see in Jarhead and how I feel like Nolan would do a great job with um, having commentary around war. But honestly, um, military conflict like or, or like war commentary right now isn't at the front of people's minds too much. Um, I guess I guess maybe you could say some of the stuff with like Russia, Ukraine, but when you look at the 2010s, um, the way that there was a response from 9-11 and things like that, like the movies that were cranking out were all like kind of modern military response, almost like a uh, like a revamping of war commentary that was similar to what we saw with like uh, a post-reflection on the Vietnam era. So I don't know, like I just, I feel like you just don't see modern military movies that are trying to say something um, right now in the current climate. Um, and they all seem to just be like dumb action, like fun. I, I know that um, I didn't see it, but I know some people were talking about Jake Gyllenhaal's last military movie. Oh, The um, Covenant? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That was really good. But was it just fun or was it trying to say something? You know? It was, it was kind of just a genre movie, but there's good yeah. character sort of buddy movie stuff. It wasn't a profound, it wasn't like American Sniper or something where it was like a thoughtful <laughs> I movie. Don't know. I thought you were going to say something like Apocalypse Now or, you know, Full Metal Jacket or something. <laughs> you American said American Sniper? Sniper? Well, you guys are like have this weird idea that American Sniper isn't good, but that's a great. <laughs> I mean, that, that to me, we're talking about like modern war movies. That's probably the last great or at least really good movie that explores things in a in a in a way that's beyond just kind of an action movie. It's not an action movie at all. It's quite thoughtful. Um, I think I think it would be uh yeah I think it would be yeah I would yeah let's see Christopher Nolan do American Sniper just again you know <laughs> <laughs> then sure. it could be a good movie right? sure oh okay all right we spent we spent enough time on Christopher Nolan. Let's get to Villeneuve. Um, Villeneuve is... I I don't even know how to explain my, my thoughts on him. He's just surprisingly... Um, he's, he's, not like, he's not like Fincher in the sense where it's like he gets glossed over. I feel like Villeneuve is, is um, kind of a, a heavier darker scarier christopher nolan right <laughs> and uh and yeah. and that's what he's becoming with with his movies but if you look at like like when when christopher nolan was in his career he made a dark film like the prestige Villeneuve made his dark kind of breakthrough movie it was prisoners and there's just something much more uh intense yeah. about that yeah. you know yeah uh, it's a different level of of, of scary darkness right? or or on son d which is I think genuinely the most upsetting film I have ever seen in my life. Uh, so or give that to look forward to. Even, even um, what was the other one that we watched with Gyllenhaal? Oh, uh, Enemy? The, Enemy. Enemy. <laughs> Enemy is, which I love. Uh, you know, Enemy is, is something else. Um, Dune even carries a lot of that heavy intensity. Um, and I think a much more crowd-pleasing way. I yeah. think... I think... Um, the alien translation one arrival is like 
breathtaking. I don't, I think about the movie often. And then Sicario is like, kind of like fists in the air. I'm at a rock concert. That's scary, but this is pretty cool. You know, um, again, it's just, he- it's just heavier. It's darker. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, Juzo, do you want to, before Cameron steals your thunder, uh, <laughs> what do you want to see from, I'll <laughs> maybe let him go. Cause I just, all right, for, all right. I, I let my, it left my brain, whatever. All right, go I, ahead. Cameron. I have one. This is going to be really a controversial pick. I think in this group, I think not now, not now. In 10 years, I want Villeneuve to take the keys of a dormant, dead Star Wars franchise. That's what I want. If it was it's it's been it's been 10 years, there's been no, you know, if things have been flopping, they've kind of moved on Disney um, you know, there's there's not there's not too much happening in that in that realm. Uh, it's been picked over a bit. I want I want Villeneuve to to t- but he has to have no oversight. He has to literally be the one to to do it all. Um, okay. And if they if they give it, to, they're just like here, have this. That's what I want from him. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I obviously, if there was a Villeneuve Star Wars movie, I would be there. Like Thursday midnight, I would be <laughs> overjoyed to see that. But I do think, do you think he's the right, is he really the right tone for Star Wars? Because I could just imagine him doing a Star Wars and it's like Rogue One. You know what I mean? Like I, it would just I, be wrong. I think Villeneuve would, I mean, he's already doing it with Dune. That's why I don't think this That's is going to happen. That's also true. Um, because essentially what he's doing with Dune is what should have been portrayed and felt in the prequel trilogy which is what the prequel trilogy is essentially pull. I mean, so much of what George Lucas loved, uh, or, or he was inspired by a lot of what is seen in, in Dune and, and those books. Um, and so when you look at, I, I don't know the full story of Dune, but I feel like the first film lays some good groundwork to kind of pull from uh, like a fallen hero character. And so if I saw Villeneuve do anything in Star Wars to do Anakin's arc, through the Republic trilogy. I mean, that would just be, I, I would just be all I'd there be killed. for it. It'd it be would killed. be incredible, you know, but he, I feel like Remake he's already, he's, he's already doing it with Dune. You know, he's already, I don't, I don't really yeah, need, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really need him to replace Hayden Christensen. You know, I'm, I'm just like, I just, I let them, let that be. You know, just let it be. And that's and I what don't, I mean. I, I just mean a totally different story, like something that's been dormant for a while. He just takes up the, the Star Wars mantle. I, I, the thing is, I, I know what you mean about the tone. Um, and he's just he so like humorless something. to me, you know? Yeah. Uh. But I, I, in, in my mind, um, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like a reset is due. We don't, I don't want to talk about Star Wars that much, but, um, but it, I, I really, to me, like, I want someone who's competent, who has like a vision, who's, who's in control, um, which all I think Villeneuve has and who could take complex stories and make them appeal to, um, to everyone. And I really think Villeneuve is, is maybe the like on this list, at least he's, he's the one who like Dune was, was such an unimaginable feat. I wouldn't have believed that, that anyone could do a story in that way, um, and make it be, you know, what it was. Same with Blade Runner 2049 or 2040. Yeah. 2049. Um, like that, that movie is so, 
Um, I don't know. It's 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 weird because it flopped. So I don't want to say it's it's like been praised or whatever. You know, like it, something about that movie is is haunting and and devastating. Um, and um, I I want a little bit of that insight in in sort of a Star Wars setting. Um, and I think it doesn't have to be like a main Star Wars story. Even it could just be like his own sort of project within the star wars universe um i just think he'd be he'd be so good for that for that universe i don't know he'd be a he'd be a good director i I don't know why they didn't ask him to do it like like 10 years ago or whatever um he would have been the right one but well i mean 10 10 years ago that's that's a different move, you know. Are you going to tell me that's you true, saw that's true. you saw prisoners and you're going to no? Be it's like, a really you good know, point. You know it's what? A really good point. <laughs> this guy should do Star Wars. <laughs> no, I don't think yeah. so. So, yeah, no, you make a you make a really good point. I'm thinking about it now, but um, but yeah, you know. I'll post Dune. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm that crazy about. Well, it's weird because my favorite of his movies is Blade Runner, um, but I don't know if I'm that happy that he's just going to be the sci-fi guy for the rest of his career. That is true. I honestly think Dune is probably my least favorite movie he's made in his mainstream, like, period. Like, I just think it's good, but I'm not in love with it. Um, And my idea was more, like, um, even more than Nolan, I would like to see him making movies on the prisoners kind of scale, or or like Sicario, I guess. Um, and my my idea was more like he should be doing a movie. I would love to see him uh, do a period piece, do a movie that's like in the fifties or something, and like a full on film noir, because I think kind of think mm. the best aspects of um, Blade Runner and also to some extent Prisoners is kind of the rainy, dreary neo-noir aspects i mean it's like that's the thing about blade runner i think why i like it is it's almost more of a noir mystery than a like a full-on sci-fi even though there's some action but it's not you don't really think of it as a sci-fi action movie um and i think it would be cool to like him doing a movie kind of in the vein of uh like like chinatown or something like that like a movie about corruption and crime and that sort of thing i think would you know some kind of like web of conspiracy would be really cool. But I kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of not so hopeful that's ever going to happen because he's kind of in that zone of it has to be a, a big movie. But Well, yeah, I don't I, know. See. I mean, he still has many, many years in his career, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't toss it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think he, he, he wants to do the rest of Dune and he wants to do, you know, a third one is what I've been hearing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think really he, um, you're right in in sort of the intellectual space. I want him to go back to, to, um, sort of a you know a more basic story in some ways. Um, but even like a historical piece, he's never done like a, um, you know, like a, a period piece in that way. Um, that that would be really cool. So yeah, I don't um, think he's ever done anything more than a recent period piece. Yeah. Um. So that that I think that would be like a medieval something or oh a um, medieval thing. I see. Yeah, I never want anyone cool. to do like when you're talking about doing a movie about David. Any movie where it's like medieval, <laughs> it's earlier than like 1850. 
I just zone out immediately. In fact, that was I, I had a tough time with Last Temptation already. It's kind of a tough movie, but I'm like, oh my god, this is such a long time ago. Oh my god, you know. <laughs> and I mean, it's a testament to Scorsese that I ultimately liked it. But what about um, like a fantasy movie? Like he, if he does like a maybe like a, um, in the vein of like a Game of Thrones or something like that. You know, he something something that's a little political or, or ha- oh yeah, has a lot like of that that sort of intrigue. Because that, that that's some of my favorite parts of Dune, where you know they're they're sort of this um, the world building around these these families and these planets and whatnot. Like I I enjoy that. So I mean, look, he, him doing anything would be cool. I mean, he he hasn't made a movie I haven't liked. I mean, yeah. since what two thousand? So I mean, I'm sure it, it would be cool. It wouldn't be my first choice, but I, I you know it would he, he would do a good job. He's quite he's like Nolan. He's very consistent. So. I would love to see him, and this is not a pitch that would be approved by the board, I'm just saying. I wanted to see like a complete swing from Villeneuve and what he does and what he knows. So I just read about his upbringing. Now, when I was thinking about what he's known for, I was like, it would be crazy to see Villeneuve comedy. But then you said, Juzo, it's way t- he's way too serious. Um, and I was like, yeah, I don't think he'd be able to write a good joke at all or anything. I don't know if it, he would be able to do any sort of visual comedy. I'm not quite sure. He kind of like... did it with Maelstrom and it's like terrible. Okay. Uh, but, uh, so, well, it's okay, but it's, So yeah. I, sh- I shifted kind of what I would want to see from him in a selfish manner. Um, I would be really curious because he's, he apparently grew up in a small town, French Canadian, um, to sort of see a coming of age sort of hangout experience in that small town kind of vibe. Now, I know that it's probably something we'll never see from him. Um, right up Juzo's alley. I, I oh, know. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. know <laughs> I know. I don't know. Really, um, that's, I could say this about all these guys, by the way. Like Christopher Nolan doing a movie about his childhood and his wayward older brother, like that would be so awesome. Oh, yeah, that would but be really good. I don't think I that's going to happen. The, the reason I think about that is because I... I feel like he could do something that is a little bit more ethereal, but like punching in the gut with nostalgia. Um, I'm not entirely sure if he would be able to land it. Uh, but I was thinking about kind of that like summer feeling, you know, that like the sunbeams flying in, a lot of slow mo, almost invoking feelings of um, the movie Drive. Uh, or something like that, where it's almost sort of like, you know, in this flow state. Um, and it's extremely serious as well. Yeah, like uh, a little dreamy. That, I kind of like it, what you're going with this. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he could, he could really surprise people with something like that. And it would completely bomb at the box office. It would not get oh, yeah. uh, any well, all any movies <laughs> bomb at the box office. Fableman's so. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, it would, it would not go over too well. Uh, but just to kind of soak up the French Canadian experience, small town experience in a serious manner. He had a really um, cute story about when he was a kid and all the kids like uh, play, he played soccer and they all put the names of people who ins- the players that inspired them, you know, on their jerseys. And his name he put was Spielberg, I think. So like wow. him <laughs> talking about his love of movies and playing soccer, all that sort of thing. I could I could definitely envision something kind of. Charming. I mean, we could but even also kind of unsentimental because he's not you know he's pretty hardcore director. We could throw you know a little bit of Aliens in there, you know, maybe take it the oh like um, Super Eight, 
Yeah, a little Super Ooh. 8, a little bit of ET energy in there, in Canadian UFOs or something. What you about really... like a wacky, like Cabin in the Woods type, uh, you know, horror-y movie? You yeah, know, that was it's like, that's like his earlier stuff. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, because when I was thinking about like doing a comedy, I couldn't think of Villeneuve without horror with the comedy. Yeah. Because he just has this, you know, he just had, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, but. I, I think um he yes, he will be forever chained to the, the sci-fi until he splits from the studios, self-funds a horribly nostalgic old man movie that Juzo will inherently give ten out of ten. I will best, love best <laughs> Bellanue film in years. If he portrays uh, that thing with the Spielberg thing, it will be like one of my favorite moments in any movie. <laughs> um but uh, Cameron, you said the thing about the cabin in the woods, and I, I in, instantly I disagree with the tone, but I actually do think Villeneuve doing a one location thriller like a panic room oh, thing. Oh yes! Oh my gosh! That so would be true. Good. That would be cool. Wow! That would drive people nuts. Like I ninety would, minutes. I, would... I think people would. I mean, I don't know if it'd do well, but I think people would kind of. I would that, love honestly. it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last I like thing. Yeah. Last okay. thing for Villeneuve because we do compare it to Nolan. Ultra violent, gory heist movie. That would just be <laughs> just be like wild, you know. Uh, you know what he could do too this is totally not last thing for Villeneuve um, I wonder if he'd be really good at like a, a video game adaptation because um, he in some ways like I think he 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 likes that sort of um, he likes that sort of challenge you know it's really hard to adapt a video game in some ways it's really hard to adapt a book like Dune um, and I think he, it's really hard to make a sequel to a, a movie that really flopped at the box office, but that's become a cult hit. You know, I wonder if he, he could make like a Metal Gear movie or he could make like a, you know, something that's very. No, it would be, it would be Returnal. A hundred percent. It would be. Oh, Returnal. a Returnal movie would be Returnal really good, would actually. be. Yeah. Cause, because again, that's a, that's the a sci-fi stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. sci-fi. It's a dark horror, story. Yeah. 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 Also the game doesn't really the, the story doesn't really make sense the gameplay is like the, the focus he would definitely take it in a direction that he'd be bring... like yeah i never played it so uh yeah i'm just like, making like, my... i saw it i kind of understood the concept so, art yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> are, he could is... make it something cool we're cooking here I, there's like three of these that i really would love to see sentimental yeah. childhood movie <laughs> film noir one location thriller Video game. I was thinking Grand Theft Auto, but like with the aesthetic of Sicario and that like thunderous music yeah, as everyone's yeah. like driving as a convoy would be awesome. No, GTA is much more funny. It was much yes. more wacky. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move to Bong Joon Ho. Um, I, I don't even know how to define him and his movies. I think. Cameron, you said it best when you said Korean cinema is 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 cinema of extremes. Like there's like a lot of um kind of like highs and lows purposefully. Like it's very expression forward, right? Yeah. Um what I think Bong Joon-ho succeeds at as a director is he is able to not abandon that that kind of trope and instead use it to his full advantage for a global impact. And I think that's fully seen with Parasite. And that's what makes his movie so... I think I, I, I think his, his entire catalog is... Um, 
he's just he's he is a legendary director at this point in my eyes. I will one hundred percent be seeing his next movie. I don't even care how what it is. It could be anything, and I, and I yeah. would watch it. So, uh, Juzo, do you have something, or do you want me to throw it to Cameron first? I'm just now. Well, I feel I, now, bad. Now I'm kicking myself that I used up my. A one location idea with Villeneuve because I definitely think I was thinking about Parasite and kind of my favorite part of that movie is where it it's just set in the house and it's just this rubber yeah. band of tension that's just being pulled for what like forty minutes, um, so like a a whole movie just with that kind of feeling would be awesome. I'm trying to think of like what something else that would be kind of ripe for a satire or like a class satire. Uh, in a current story, but Cameron, you go ahead if you have anything. Um, he's he's the one who who I'm most hesitant to give like a an actual like story or anything to, because in some ways I I agree with you, um, Isaac. Look, the the times that I've walked into his movies with no pretense, I'm I'm like, yeah, this is a Bong Joon Ho movie. Those were when I'm most pleasantly surprised and and totally like on board um so in a lot of ways i want to just see whatever's next from him um which actually is um it looks like it's going to be sci-fi maybe i don't know yeah you know um, it's, it's a with sci-fi Robert with Pattinson, yeah yeah um and and tony collette so you know it sounds interesting it's going to be next year maybe um but i i don't know i i um i have a hard time actually giving because for one parasite is kind of a one location movie in a lot of ways you know it is yeah, one of true. those uh you know sort of s- not simple but but very you know elegant uh you know plot driven movies in that way snow piercer um, snow piercer snow piercer is also a one uh you know one location movie he kind of i feel like he almost has a handful of those that are very no, I guess those are those are the main two. But um, oh, you know, it'd be sick. I was thinking one location would be like on a submarine or something like that, and Ooh, there's like like a mutiny oh or something, and there's there's like yeah. tension between the crew. I think that would be kind of cool. Or like a, like a Captain Phillips <laughs> style movie, you know, where it's like, um, you know, this Ooh. this kind of high tension sort of now we're uh, talking high stakes scenario. Um, also, I think he he hasn't done a lot about sort of modern um he, he likes he, i feel like he likes a lot of um symbolism and uh you know storytelling in that way um i kind of feel like if he did sort of a um a, a movie about the relationship between north and south korea like i feel like i don't know if he's he's ever made like a a movie like that um but i'd love to see his his take on that um and and you know have this sort of interesting back and forth or maybe like a korean war movie i i don't know i feel like that would be um something i'd be totally up for selfishly because that would just be very intriguing to me i don't know if he's interested in that but um, here here's what here, i would like i would like to bank off that and it was a and and kind of lead into it with a with the conversation i heard recently about video games and western culture um now Japan's influence on on video games is like it, it's it's super well known with Nintendo and of course Sony and PlayStation and there's always sort of a clashing di- creative direction between you know Western RPGs versus 
uh, Japanese RPGs or, you know, Western action games versus Japanese action games. And if you play enough video games and take the time to explore and love, like, kind of, I guess, a, a, a plethora of genres to explore, you know, one genre that's well known in the Western space and then go and experience one um, from the Japanese space, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's like, it's very insightful because there are things that are different about them and good about both, but there's, it, it's just, there's cultural strength in both places. And so when you talk about Bong Joon-ho's next movie, I know it seems like he's working with a Western crowd, but there's a part of me that wants him to lean more into the strength of Korean, uh, Korean creativity. Um, and I like what you said about commentary around between North and South Korea, because I think the world wants to know about that from a Korean's perspective. Um, we, at least here in the West, I know there's, there's plenty of people that talk about their understanding of that, but they don't know very much and they wish they knew more. Um, at least that's, that's how it seems from my perspective. Um, and so it'd be really cool to, to see like a, a movie about that. Another thing that I, this is the, the idea that came to me with Bong Joon-ho is to, to do something a little uh, more lighthearted and satirical. Um, and out of all the directors I was looking at, I was like, okay, I want to see like a blockbuster, like boyfriend, girlfriend movie. Uh, and I was like, oh, like I a kinda, rom-com. I kind of oh want to see, so <laughs> see Bong Joon-ho tackle that. And as I was trying to like think about like where I could go with that, um, I was thinking about um, A Star is Born. And then I was also thinking about that Korean strength. And I was like, I'd love to see him do a K-pop movie about like a, a K-pop group and kind of have that like full live concert experience and the drama between the group play out and sort of be this... Um, I, I don't know. It feels relevant. It feels modern. You know, it well, him, feels... Yeah, him I, musical I, numbers. That would be really cool, I think. Yeah, yeah. There, there's something about it. Because I always think about that opening scene of A Star is Born and how, like, it's kind of crowd-pleasing. If you're the guy going on the date scene in that movie, you're like, well, this is kind of enjoyable. You know, I get to see, uh, like, a rock concert at the beginning. And then there's, like, the love and romance and then the, em the, the emotional fallout and drama. Like, it kind of pleases both parties when you go on a date to see that movie. So I'm like, I feel like I want to see something from Bong Joon-ho in that lighthearted space. Out of all these directors, I'm like, somebody's got to take on something a little bit less film serious, right? And I think he would be great for something like that. I, I like when you said rom-com, uh, uh, my mind also went to the idea of the kind of genre of movie like like uh, North by Northwest or something like that, where you have two people who are kind of caught up into some kind of adventure or they have to go on the run and they're kind of falling in love as the adventure is going on. I feel like he would have a nice kind of back and forth, a nice kind of uh, command of that tone and also a command mm. of doing a fun adventure, you know, movie as well. Um, but yeah, doing a, a music movie would be interesting for sure. And also satirizing the industry is something he would be, you know, he, he did a little bit in Okja. I think Okja maybe goes over the top just a little bit, but um, it's quite a good movie. That's kind of the movie that's the tone you're most... Have you seen Okja, Isaac? I I have not. And just one more thing to bring to Bong Joon-ho is his, his clear 
grasp and reverence for the family dynamic and how that can factor into a light-hearted movie. I don't know if that would go with the musical or the rom-com, but continue, Juzo. Oh, no, I have much more to add. I think that's a, that's a good point. And yeah, he, he, having, yeah, portraying the, the dynamics and kind of the, the back and forth between people, um, he kind of has a little bit of that old-timey like, quality in, in Parasite with the, the back and forth between the family. It almost feels like a kind of a you know, Hoxian repartee or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I think he could go in a lot of directions. I mean, his movies are so unclassifiable in terms of genre that there's a lot of different kind of melding. I mean, you could even do like, imagine like he would do a music movie about a K-pop group and then they get caught up into some kind of adventure or they have to go on the run or becomes a music movie and a thriller at the same time. Like if there's anyone who could pull that off, I could see him. I can 100%. see I, The other thing I think that's so great about his movies is that he's able to villainize um, people, but then there's like this undertone of sympathy or um, yeah. love for everyone on screen, even if they are failing or they're terrible people. You know, um, there's there's like this weird love for everyone on screen. I think I think in in the host the the family dynamic is really strong there. I think mother obviously there's some conversation about family and even um the mother character being like you're strangely sympathetic with her even though, you know, things play out in a certain way in that film. Um and uh yeah, the the family in parasite um and there's like a brotherly like wrestling and fighting and uh, memories of murder as well. That's really funny uh, with the detectives and things like that. So um, uh, can I, uh, yeah, can I have one more? Sorry. Yep. Uh, I just think I, he could make a really interesting movie about Hollywood or an interesting movie about filmmaking because he's loves movies and he has a deep love of history, Hollywood history, movie history, international film history also. Um, and then he has an interesting perspective on it as an outsider because he's worked as a person whose movies have been imported and distributed. He's made movies within the system. He's had the experience. I mean, he worked with Harvey Weinstein and had Harvey Weinstein like trying to destroy his movie. Um, and I feel like his... And then he's had you know great success in the same field. Um, and he seems like... I don't know. He, he, he has a nice combination of romanticism about movies and about the industry and a healthy sense of cynicism and I think satire he would bring to that. So I could imagine him doing a really interesting movie about that that would have a lot of a lot of bite to it. Kind of like I could imagine the tone of Babylon, you know, where it's it's deeply romantic and deeply horrific and cynical at the same time. Yeah, I was thinking about his relationship with with Weinstein, which um you know, obviously <laughs> he was he was kind of getting under his skin in a very Bong Joon-ho way about, you know, keeping in his, you know, the story about the fish uh in in Snowpiercer. Oh yeah, he told uh, you know the scene with the fish. Yeah, he told fish. Weinstein that the, the the fish like Weinstein's like why are they cutting the fish? What's the point of this? And he said Oh, I, it was a homage to my father. He was a fisherman, and I just, you know, think it's really important to sort of shout him out. And Weinstein's like, you know, family is so important. I really understand that, so I'll let you keep it in. And Bong is like, yeah, my dad wasn't a fisherman. <laughs> 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 you know, he yeah. knew how to play the uh, play him a little bit, at least. Though uh, he did, oh, yeah. he did destroy the movie's release and almost almost messed up his career. But yeah, which. Uh, uh, 
the, you you guys talk about the the musical thing um, with with Bong, which I I totally agree would be so much fun. Um, but in some ways, um, maybe this would be a musical, or maybe this would just be something else that he's passionate about. But I I feel like Parasite. I want Parasite to have given him like freedom to do something so insane and something that he's always wanted to do in, you know, the rest of his his career. I think I feel like Okja was a very like personal movie in a lot of ways to him. Um and backed by Netflix and he was given a lot of freedom in that in that way, but um I I hope the next phase of his career is sort of this success of uh being a you know, best picture winner and being this, this sort of international success, um, a kind of a big name. I, I want him to have a, um, sort of an element of, uh, you know, freedom in, in a way that maybe hasn't been awarded in his career so far. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what I would want from him. That's why I don't I don't want to give a strong prediction or a strong suggestion for him because um, I really think he could do he could do great with with just you know freedom of what he wants to do next. But I just Dude. am looking up. His, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Isaac. I know nothing about Okja. I didn't even realize that he did this movie, and now I'm watching like the trailer on IMDb with no sound, and I'm like, what is this? Should I watch this? Oh yeah. Oh, to be it's honest, really I think you would hate it, Isaac. No, but, uh, no. I, I think, think you so. would. I actually, I think so. I think there's you a hate lot about what about I, animals. There's, there's a lot of what I see right now that I would hate. I'm just telling you that. What is this big CGI pig doing it's here? Okja. It's a, her best what friend. You, this is horrifying. This is it's, horrifying. Whatever no, I'm looking watch, at. Just watch the first ten minutes. You'll you'll say, "Wow, Okja is such a good." I I really loved friend. Okja. I saw it. In uh, in Cannes, um, I was in that screening oh, yeah. that uh, had the had the booing of Netflix, quote unquote. But it was actually just booing because the the projection was wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, I I really loved Okja, uh, but in uh, I really don't think you would like it, Isaac. I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm going to be very honest. I, it reminds me a lot of like fun old Spielberg movies in some ways. I think. I think. I think there's a chance. You'll enjoy it. I think you just might not like some of the... I think some of the humor just gets away from him a little bit, but it's it's good. It's really good. Yeah, this is just... It's just such a strange... This is like the movie I wouldn't want to see from Bong Joon-ho. But <laughs> Which is why you, I've never showed you it. So. The, you know what? <laughs> I, I think I should give it a shot now, Cameron. You should. You should. I want to see your report Is it like a kid's back. movie? Or no. no. No, 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 no. Why <laughs> no, does it look like all. that, though? It does he's look playing like that. with those. He's playing with it's that. It's not kind a of kid's movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm like. It's I'm kind of horrifying. I'm kind of confused because I'm like. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't know what to think. Because the trailer makes it all like Pixar esque. So. Yeah. Big cast. Big cast. Yeah. But, yeah. Sorry, Juzo. Go ahead. Oh, I'm not sure what I was talking about. All right, about let's there. wrap it up then. <laughs> if, it, if it comes back to you. The final director's pitch, probably the hardest in my mind. Definitely the hardest. Uh, Steven Spielberg. I'm just going to put this out here, you know. Maybe not what you think the next movie should be from him. Um, 
let's be let's be selfish. What what do you want to see from him? Um, he's he, he the only way you're getting a pitch with Spielberg is you accidentally run into him at a coffee shop, and he has nowhere to be, which is which is not going to happen. Which but. I'm sure he loves when people do that. They say, Stephen, I have an idea. No 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 no. He's he's going to have his hands buried in his in his forehead. He's going to look up, and he's going to say, Cameron, do you know who I am? And you're going to be like, yes. What should my next movie be? That's all he's going to say. And you're just going to have to shoot from the hip there. So, so uh, uh, bringing up baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I would say. All right. Bringing up baby two. <laughs> just a remake. Just a remake of bringing up baby. That'd Doing be so charming, fun. It's a, a charming rom-com. Did... Screwball? Yeah. Screwball comedy. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, yeah, no, that's 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 what my my answer would be if I was I was put on the spot. I'd be like, uh, have you ever seen the movie with Leopard? Uh, it's just Catherine Hepburn, <laughs> Gary Grant. It's really great. You should watch it uh, and make a movie that, that's kind of like that. <laughs> I mean, I, this is another one like Fincher, where I'm if he does what he's talked about doing next, I'm that's. I'm kind of down with it, which is to remake Bullet, which would be a combination of crime movie, cop movie, and then like car chase movie, all shot in the Bay Area. That would be (laughs) so great. And it would even, I would do everything in my power to be in the movie as well as an extra. Um, So, yeah. And also him doing car chases, I just would love to see that because he kind of, that was where he started. And then seeing him kind of do that with, the endless resources he has at his disposal at this point would be cool. Um, but my answer outside of that would be, uh, I think he should do, it'd be cool to see him do a Western. I mean, he's always sort of danced around the idea and this is his sort of greatest inspiration. I mean, like John Ford was his idol. Um, I think it would be cool to see. Now, oftentimes I think I often want to see Westerns more than I actually enjoy watching them. And when I end up actually watching them, I'm like, actually, Westerns are kind of boring. But in my head, I'm like, it would be kind of neat, you know, um, to see him kind of, uh, you know, checking that Here's off the, the bucket list. I, I, I kind of agree with you in terms of... Um, well, actually, I'll, I'll disagree with you. I don't want <laughs> him to make a Western because I... Um, I think if he did the the thing is like Spielberg is so good at what he does that I'm almost hesitant to to have him do like a genre picture where it's it's been trod over and done in a lot of ways where it's like a lot of other directors you want them to do um like their take on a um on a genre movie because you you think they'll bring something new and different and whatnot. Um, Spielberg, the problem, this isn't a problem or criticism of Spielberg at all, but when he does a, uh, like a, um, I'm, I'm going to say a picture movie, but when he does like a, um, like a genre, he will do it to it's, it's like most perfect degree, you know, he'll do it and he'll knock it out of the park where in some ways, I don't know if a Western would even be, um, like, to 
a fraction of what he's done with the adventure movie or a fraction of what he's done with uh with the war movie you know what i mean <laughs> like he's he's done something so so great with um those those genres that it's really hard for me to to like want him to do a western that i feel like has already kind of been done and the most interesting and and kind of unique westerns nowadays are sort of critiques of the genre or um these sort of newer um more introspective westerns i think he would just make like the best western ever um but in some ways i don't know if that's what we why not i mean i don't know i just i mean i think there's a fair point that he's closed the like Unforgiven kind of closed the book on it the way the Irishman did with right. mob movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though to be fair, True Grit did come out afterwards, and that was great. Um, but I just mean I don't know. Ha- it's a hard it's a hard genre to to do anything in because it's been done so much. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that he would do a bad job. I I just think he um, he would do a great job in a genre that needs like sort of a different. Uh, he would do a great standard Western where people are kind of wanting, or I would want like a, a unique Western in some ways. Oh, that would be actually the coolest if he, you're, oh, you're talking about like he made, well, that would actually be the most oddly, it would be the most innovative thing would be to do a really old timey Western, like the thirties style where it's like, you know, guys getting drunk in a bar and it's kind of good spirits. like Destry rides again, who actually yeah. he named his daughter after. Um, that would be kind of interesting. Um. Yeah, doing him doing a revisionist western would kind of be beside the point. It is fair he has kind of done westerns in every way without actually doing them. You know, and it's right, like he's yeah, done the yeah. town in the desert with Empire of the Sun. He's done. Uh, I mean, the, he literally Last Crusade has a man in a hat firing a gun on a horse. Except in that movie, it's at a tank. So it's like you can't really <laughs> top that. Uh, yeah. So maybe, maybe not. I would also love to see him, this is totally separate, um, doing more kind of hard sci-fi the way Minority Report, Report was. Ready Player One mm. was kind of a faint in that direction, but it kind of, he, I don't know, it just didn't have the edge to it, and it's not amazing. Um, but doing some really interesting, you know, sci-fi like that, sci-fi noir, uh, would be cool. But I think he's, but again, passed- he's already done it. It, and some, so I, I think he's past this point in his career, but I think if he went back to sort of horror um, in the wake of the fact that, you know, since the 80s, there's been a lot of really interesting, innovative um, horror movies since he's made Poltergeist, you know. So I kind of think he, he would, it would be interesting to see him do a horror movie I don't think he wants to, and I think it's probably against his older sensibilities in terms of, like, he likes to make movies for his kids and stuff. Um, so, like, I don't, I don't know that he necessarily wants to wants to go back to that. But I, I would be interested because horror of of all the genres, for one, he he is like a master of of genre. You know, he he really truly integrates and makes a great genre picture every time he does it. Um, so, so whatever he does, it would be, uh, like if he did a horror movie, it would be a really interesting one, 
but I think horror has has gone through the most evolution since he's made his mark on on the horror movie. I guess that's interesting because I, I it's it's really tough with him because there's so many things where he just end up being like, oh yeah, he kind of like when you said horror, I was like epic horror, like the kind of horror that Nope is. But then I'm like, oh yeah, Nope is just Jaws, isn't it? Or Nope, you know, he did that <laughs> yeah, with Close yeah. Encounters, you know. So it's kind yeah. of already. He's tried that territory. I think you guys are all wrong about Spielberg. Okay, all okay. of your suggestions bad. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say. This is just you're talking to the board of directors here. All right, these are the this is the board is gonna talk to Spielberg. You don't get to talk to him. Okay, you never met him in a coffee shop. We're just trying to use you as a cog in the universal machine. Oh, right? how typical. Yeah. So we okay. I, but bringing I, a baby is a good su- suggestion. Okay, I he, think he would made like, like that. a. If he made uh, uh, a screwball uh, comedy, that would be. I, I, I th- think that or like the adventure thing I was talking about with Bong, where it's like people like North by Northwest. I think I could see him doing something fun. Here's here's my thought: We need a massive franchise, transmedia. We gotta we gotta scrape Spielberg for one last big deal. You're right. saying you're not in the boardroom right now. You're. This is not your <laughs> I pitch am the to board, universe, Cameron. I am the board. All right? I am the board. So, Spielberg, here's my vote. We pair him. What's what's popular? Video game movies. All right. We're gonna or we're you know they got The Last of Us on HBO. What is Spielberg like? He likes sci-fi. He likes history. We're gonna have Spielberg make the best Assassin's Creed movie ever. And he would just do great at it. Okay? He would, dis- he would do great. Okay, right? okay. And if you don't like that and you want to do a Western, obviously, you just do a Red, Red Dead. Dead Redemption movie. That would be that would be awesome. That would be so good. And we got, you know, we're going to market it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do great. You gonna make him the, do the Call of Duty movie next? You owes trot us, him you know? out like the like he, a, <laughs> a hamster on a wheel. You're just gonna work him to death. That's Come right. On. You know, we let him do West Side Story and the Fablemans. <laughs> now I don't he know owes what we were money. thinking. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get one more out of him. So, well, I don't Isaac, know what. I, oh, I think what, what you guys said really resonated with me, which is no matter what he does, he's gonna do it great. And I was like, what have I not seen? <laughs> or what have I seen that hasn't been that great? Um, and to be honest, I look at some of the movies that are listed here on Google. It says Ready Player One, which I haven't seen. But like Lincoln. Um, some of these are like really weird movies from Spielberg. War Horse, Tintin. I'm like, what are they? Like good, what? good movies. I just, I, I, I just, you know, you I feel Tintin. Tintin's no. so good. No, Tintin's no, no, very good. Oh my gosh, I'm against Tintin. Oh, right? you were oh, yeah, because you look like it. <laughs> I can't handle it, Mr. Tintin. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to do it. I can't watch it. Right? <laughs> oh, so, man. Um, no, I just, I don't know. I, my, my mind went straight to okay, yeah, western would be cool. People need to love westerns again. Um. I think some kind of civil war. If if he did something in war, like old old war would be cool. Um because he, he had he's had a good um touch of World War Two in in a lot of his movies, so um I have Oh go ahead. Sorry, Isaac, I interrupted you. 
Yeah. Or the other thing I was just thinking that last thought, which is like, there aren't a lot of good video game movies. He did do Ready Player One, which <laughs> I don't know if it's a good movie, but I think it's good. It shows that there might be some interest in there. And the idea he, of like... He's a gamer. He likes video games. Yeah, jacking into something. That's why I was like, okay, maybe Assassin's Creed because you could kind of pull the history and the jacking into the Matrix sort of thing going on there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he clearly wanted to do something. I think what appealed to him of Ready Player One was a little bit of getting into the sphere of inception where you have like two different levels of consciousness and then like one in, impacts the other. I think that's yeah. kind of why he wanted to do it. But I, as we were talking, I came up with two other ideas, okay? When Isaac brought up the idea of franchise, I said, Isaac is a moron. But then I said, actually, Isaac is brilliant. And I was like, what he should do is they should just do a complete redo. And he was one, one of the few people on Earth who has the clout to do this. A complete remake of Rise of Skywalker. And they bring in oh Steven gosh. Spielberg to land the plane. Ryan Johnson <laughs> set him up and you just have him come in there and land the plane. He's the perfect tone. We're talking about Villeneuve is not the right tone. Spielberg is the perfect tone for a Star Wars movie. I think that would be beautiful. That is true, but he also has literally had, like, what? It's almost 60 years to do a Star, Star Wars movie, and he hasn't. So. I'm not saying he's going to do this, Cameron. I'm just saying. This would be, you, can you imagine do you, if they do you, edit do you on think Disney George Plus? Lucas, wait, wait, wait. If they edit on Disney+, Plus. Rise of Skywalker, but they just the first minute of the movie, they don't even do the title crawl anymore. It's just Ray looking into the glass from uh from uh The Last Jedi. She's she's looking into the glass and then the camera zooms into the glass and then Rise of Skywalker's uh JJ Abrams starts playing. Then it zooms out at the end of the movie, and that was like her vision of the future. And then they're like, All right, the next one is actually, you know, they just retcon the whole movie or something yeah, like just that. Just do it again, but with with the guy. With get bring back Lawrence Kasdan. But then my other idea is that he should do it. I mean, I'm totally, this is just like, it's funny. I realize both of these are just him doing George Lucas. He should do an entire <laughs> movie, two hours in a high school uh, gym dance. The entire thing should be, because he's been, he's been dancing with this, these last two movies. The best scene in the Fablemans and West Side Story is that oh, scene yeah. in the high school gym. Mm, and it's like, yeah, I, it, would be, it would be cool to see him do a full on movie that's movie. like, Backstage like a drama. dazed and confused. Yeah, like, but like a one location, yeah. like it's just in the in yeah. that gym, and, or you know, you go outside. People have a smoke, but do an entire hangout movie. That would like be awesome. That. Yeah. I think that I would say be fantastic. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but with time traveling. <laughs> <laughs> he so really like, is. The, is he like a plant from Universal or something? <laughs> like what? Is, it's like Back to the Future, but not. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, it's funny you you talk about Star Wars, but do you really not think Lucas was uh, was begging, begging Spielberg to make a Star Wars movie in like eighty 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 one? I think he tried know? to get him to do Return of the Jedi, right? I'm sure he did. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, and I think Spielberg was like, <laughs> maybe not. I don't. Think By the so. way, this is totally okay. It's total nonsense. He would do a great but... Star Wars movie, though. I mean, oh, you would. know, he would. It would be fantastic, and he it would be. The, it probably it would be the best directed and probably best Star Wars movie ever. But total non sequitur. When I was watching Last Temptation, you know, there's the scene where they're stoning Mary Magdalene. It's pretty serious, right? 
Yeah. In the middle of the scene, the the guy comes up and is like, "Stand aside, I'm going to stone this bitch." And then it's this guy. <laughs> I just started laughing because it's the director <laughs> of Empire Strikes Back. No, it's <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's Irvin Kershner. I'm not joking. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> wow. It's like I don't know why Scorsese did That's that. That's so but funny. If you don't know, it's just oh, it's just a mean old man. But if you do know, it becomes the funniest thing in the whole movie. <laughs> that movie is. <laughs> I I understand why some people say it's blasphemous because you know it's just it's just insanity. And uh, okay, yeah, we're not gonna get on that tangent. <laughs> if you want to hear what we thought of the movie, just listen to our review. Okay? Watch it; it's a great movie. Anyway, um. Well, all right. I think that pretty much wraps it. That that's time. Long enough topic. We didn't even get to the final part of our conversation, so maybe we'll save that for another discussion. Uh, but but I I liked your pitches. This was you pretty know? fun. I I enjoyed this. There's yeah, a, I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Yeah, a lot of a lot of old guys on here. Um, so this is our pitches for the old guys, uh, and we didn't even talk about the new guys. We gotta pitch the dead guys too. We need we need a we, we should guy, do a redo what we gotta of this. Do is we we got to do the dead guys, the <laughs> new guys, the new gals. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, okay. that'll be our shortest episode. Yeah, I and, won't know uh, anything. I won't. I won't be able to. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it won't be. It won't be good. It won't be good. Just trying to help you guys not dig your grave, but here's the shovel. Help yourself. All right. I was thinking <laughs> we didn't do a Clint Eastwood. What would we do for Clint? What should be his next I mean, movie? He's you'd, done. You'd have to <laughs> just kidding. shut up. You'd Isaac. have to tell me, Juza, because I I just see his movies when you say they're good, and and sometimes I don't trust you. <laughs> You've liked all of them. Don't even lie. All right, um, you, you guys want to hear the, my watch, greatest uh, sin? Uh, what, Cry what was macho? the other one? Cry no, the one he did for Netflix. Cry macho. Uh, HBO. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was very nice. Nah, that movie's boring. I think he needs to take it a step further, and it's just him directing the movie. Like, the movie is just, it's about Clint going about his life. I think it's... um, I I just gotta say, this is is my, like, deepest, darkest secret for movie people. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I have lied on so many occasions about how much I like Gran Torino. And I didn't think it was that good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> really? I lied to so many people. I don't know why. I cannot bring myself to say I didn't like it. Because old people love it. They're like, oh, it's, I love Gran Torino. so it's funny. And, that's and hilarious. I'm always that's like, actually I'm, hilarious. <laughs> and I'm always, like, I'm always like, yeah, it's good. And I always have to hold oh. my tongue because I'm like, I'll ruin that. That is so they, funny. They I know exactly me. what you mean because... <laughs> Because it's so true. Old people do love that movie. <laughs> Old people love Gran Torino. You I like Unforgiven way more. Well, Unforgiven is such a better movie, I think, than Gran Torino. Oh, but, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's true. <laughs> The the thing I've always said about Gran Torino is that acting sucks. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, the acting of the of anybody the who's kid, not Clint the, Eastwood is yeah, terrible. Yeah, the kid is not is not great. But what yeah. about do, do you guys do you lie to those same people about uh, American Sniper also? Because I feel like that's also pretty popular with oh I'll I'll open no I I'll I'll say I say hate I don't like on yeah American Sniper, Sniper sucks yeah. oh but you you won't but Gran Torino is a bridge Gran Torino is kind of like uh, it's like heralded you know it's like in, they in identify this... with it <laughs> it's like telling Probably, an old yeah. it's like it's like if you saw an old guy at McDonald's and he's like I love McDonald's and. <laughs> 
You're it's like, like okay. I'm not gonna be like, this food is terrible, you know? Like I'm not gonna be like, you can't eat this. I'm like, no, oh, just enjoy it, you know? Like I, I I'll be there someday, you know? I should like, I should be meeting these old people because I I unironically think Grant Torino and American Sniper are very good lovely movies so i don't just like you're the only old person i can tell the truth to. i just i know it's great (laughs) great torino is great what a what a wonderful arc for his character i that's so funny isaac i I mean, I, I know, know exactly. It, what it you came mean. over I, me. I just had to interrupt Juzo. I was like, I have to confess this. This is. I've wow. never I'm usually. I've, I, I never lie about things, but that is that is one that I was like, that's wow. so funny. Um, Forgive me, I have sinned. You know, Jeez. I don't. I don't. I don't hate Gran Torino. I think it's. I should probably watch it again, but it's not on Netflix, so I probably won't. Um, you know, I watched it with I my brother, it. and we were like, "This is like kind of racist. This movie's like kind of racist." No. Like, it's anti-racist. It's about a guy who who not who true Isaac decides true. he's he's not yeah. going to be racist. Yeah. I think we he likes making racist jokes. Yeah, we were just shocked about it. Ever when I watched it with my brother, we were like, "What is this? This is crazy." Well, it's, just, it's just for like an hour. It's just Clint being like a slopehead, you know, like he's yeah. just <laughs> insulting people. <laughs> yeah, and it's even funnier because they don't react like they're being insulted for you know for a while. Exactly. Yeah, Glenn and I, when Glenn and I watched it together, we were like. What's going on? The first hour, we were like, "This is very weird." There's one point where he goes into their house. He's like surrounded by like all these Asian people, and they all like look at him, and he's like, "What? What are you fishheads looking at?" You know? (laughs) (laughs) And they're just like, "Oh, isn't he charming?" I know exactly. Oh man! All right. Well, I think we need to wrap up. I over prepared. As an ho- as a host, it took it took this me a was second. Good. To get I a... really, I I actually really liked um liked this experiment. I feel like I feel like we should pitch it for like dead, uh, what we would want from a dead yeah. director. You know, Billy I mean? like, or that Kubrick. would be really yeah, yeah w- that would be really fun. Um, yeah, cool. that, I th- I think that that would be good because you know then the board of directors wouldn't take this and just steal all of our ideas. So. You know what? You know what this means, guys, is once we put this out on the internet, it will be scraped by AI in the year 2027, and then AI will claim that it came up with this great idea. Mm. And Probably we'll true. still be yeah. jobless, living on welfare. So, that'll be that'll be really fun. But to be um, fair, we did we can say that we came up with some pretty good movie ideas. Not bad, not bad. Um there's I'm a handful still, in there. There's some. Yeah. There's some gems. There's some gems. I think this. I was really surprised with your what you were swinging, Cameron, right away with Fincher. I was like, wow, that's a great, relevant movie. You know? Yeah. SBF. That was, that'd be sick. That'd yeah, be really that'd be good. Big, big standout. Big standout. What about you, Juzo? Any other, any standouts from what we were talking about? Uh, I was surprisingly okay with some of the ideas, but I was, I have to respect Cameron because you, you come up with these a lot better than I do. And I, I definitely, I've never had the brain for a story. One time I was in a film class and I had to write a screenplay, like a two minute screenplay. And I completely, I just had like a breakdown and I just skipped the class and the the teacher had to like call me and like (laughs) deal with it. It was just terrible. So it was, uh. Nice to f- to flex those muscles because it's in terms of filmmaking, it's probably the thing I could. If you put me on a film set and had to do any of the jobs, writing would be the worst. I could do anything, well, or acting. That'd be pretty bad. I w- I'm horrible at acting. Writing, creating a story, it's very 
it 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 takes a lot of time to understand how to do it. My best advice if you want to be a good storyteller is start small. Start as small as you can. The more granular you can get with the idea, you can always add more, you know, but you got to start small. It's like if if the if the chicken in the taco isn't good, I mean, you really just got to focus on the chicken first. The rest comes after, all right? To make the taco, you got to make the chicken. So just focus very on wise. Good, so. good advice. No, it actually is. I mean, it, it actually is. All right. Well, I think we need to wrap this episode up. Now that we're almost at two hours. We thank you guys for listening to our uh, nerdy director discussion experts. Thank you guys for bringing the heat. Um, hopefully I didn't butcher the background on some of these guys. If you want to learn more about these directors, well, most of our show is reviewing a bunch of their movies. If you want to learn about the dead directors that we referred to, there's also that. Um, so you can explore the rest of the movies we usually review. If you like the format for this episode and you want to hear more topical discussions, please let us know. We appreciate you guys. We post every Tuesday. We will see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.